Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. But in seeking that new direction, we've also got to remain focused as a defense against the attacks of the enemy. We've got to stay focused. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed within our lives. It will not defeat the enemy of our lives. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed. Christians cannot run on neutral. You realize that, don't you? We cannot run on neutral. Christians are forgiven of all sins because of Jesus' sacrifice and given the power of God through the Holy Spirit. This is a whole new way of life after a person has been lifted out of a life ruled by only sin. However, a Christian can still be influenced by the human sinful condition. Pastor David encourages us to surrender our lives to God each day so we can win the spiritual battle for our souls. That which you focus on is your direction. Therefore, you must purposefully turn your heart to God. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, A Spiritual Background. We're walking in the flesh, but you need to understand when the battle comes, we battle in the spirit. We don't battle according to the flesh. He goes on in verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty, mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Now, we use this verse, you know, just as believers, we we use this verse to remind ourselves that the real battle that we fight, in in every way, the real battle that's that's, that's before us, it's in the spiritual realm. It is in the spiritual realm, even though a lot of times that battle is manifested in the flesh. We we see events happening with with our eyes in the flesh, and if we're thinking in the flesh, if we're walking in the flesh, we try to respond in the flesh. But if we're walking in the spirit and an attack comes, then we realize, you know what? This isn't a battle between you and me. This is a battle that the enemy's trying to come and bring. This is a spiritual battle that's happening. When suddenly discord and disunity within friends or family members come, you need to remember, yeah, it's it's manifested in the flesh. There's no doubt about that. But we need to understand, no, this is a this is a spiritual battle. Why? Because the enemy is looking to destroy us. 
You get frustrated at a church. You get frustrated at leadership. You know, it's all manifested in the flesh. Well, what they did, what they said, what they didn't do, what they didn't say, what they should have said, what they didn't say. All these these things that that becomes a battle for us. And suddenly you need to realize, wait a minute, though it's manifested in the flesh, this is really a spiritual battle because the enemy's trying to trip me up. He's trying to stumble me. He's trying to slow me down in these things. So we need to understand that though it might be manifested It really is a spiritual battle. We all need to be continually reminded, gang, the flesh is here. It is present with us, but that's not the realm in which we do battle. Not in the flesh. It's got to be done in the spirit. There are strongholds in people's lives that need to be pulled down and destroyed, and that's nothing that we can do in the flesh. Have you ever considered the definition of what a stronghold is? What is a stronghold in someone's life? Let me give you at least one understanding here. Strongholds are spiritual battlegrounds in our lives or even within our culture that are already secured by the enemy, already secured by the enemy. That's what a stronghold is. Stronghold isn't just a weakness in the flesh. No, a stronghold is something that the enemy already has his forces involved in. They've already secured that hill, and that's where a stronghold is. And those strongholds that come within our lives and also within our culture Those are the things that, again, man, come at us and at us and at us. And we might have a victory in one battle. We might have a victory in another battle. But until we get victory over those strongholds, we'll never have the completeness of the victory that is ours in Christ. Paul knew how strongholds were manifested in the flesh. They're manifested in godlessness, godless acts. They're manifested in, in antichrist attitudes, man. Not the heart of Christ, but antichrist. I'm not speaking about the guy that's going to rise in the last day. I'm talking about anything that is against the mind and the heart of Christ. Let me ask you real quick, and you don't need to raise your hands. Uh, as a matter of fact, please don't. You do know that even as Christians, you and I can have antichrist attitudes, right? You can shake your head, so okay. I just didn't want you to volunteer in saying that you did, okay? But we can have attitudes that are anti-Christ attitudes. They're not for the glory of Christ. They're not for the heart of Christ. No, they're for the heart of my flesh. They're, they're the heart of, uh, you know, what the world is pulling at me, and that becomes anti-Christ. The strongholds can be manifested in the flesh by things by like pride. When The word is so strong about you and I walking humbly before each other with a heart of service toward each other. And then yet in the flesh, suddenly we kick up this thing of pride. And suddenly we begin to exalt ourselves a little bit more. We're going to look Sunday in our study in Luke. And here at the very night that Jesus is being betrayed, Jesus is telling him, there's a betrayer among us. Here I'm serving this, this supper with you, and there's a betrayer among us. And all the guys say, wow, 
Is it me? Is it him? Is it who? Is it who? And then as soon as they get over that, then they start saying, well, who do you think's the greatest in the kingdom? Maybe it's me. I mean, I've been with Jesus since, I mean, longer than you have, and, and on and suddenly pride is so quick and easy to get in. And sometimes it's spiritual pride. Spiritual pride that, again, is not the heart of Christ. These strongholds can be manifested in the physical realm in undisciplined lifestyles. Undisciplined lifestyles that allow us to be able to play in the world for a while and feel very comfortable in the world and in the way of the world and then also come then as the body of Christ gathers and feel very comfortable within the body of Christ without the depth of conviction, without the depth of, again, the Holy Spirit working. Why? Because, man, there's a stronghold in my life that's allowing me to play both of these things And I'm not growing any closer to the Lord. I'm just playing in church. Fleshly manifestations of strongholds. We become lovers of self rather than lovers of God. I'd be willing to serve God as long as it doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't inconvenience me in any way. And I don't have to change anything in my life. Other than that, Lord, I'll I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, just don't expect anything out of me. Why? Because I've become more of a lover of my own self. I, I like my own time. I like my own stuff. I, I want to be the leader in my own life. But beloved, when we come to Christ, we come surrendered wholly and completely to him. But if we allow certain strongholds to come into our, our lives, then the manifestation of that is, is no longer am I willing to serve. I want to be served and I want my flesh to feel comfortable. I don't want to be out of sorts. I want to, again, do my own thing. With That leads me to the next one, filled with fleshly desires. You see, if there's a stronghold in my life, I could be filled with all kinds of fleshly desires, not just inappropriate sexual desires, but I'm talking everything from greed back to pride to jealousy to uh, hatred to, I mean, the multitude of those things that we know are not of Christ. And yet, they keep manifesting themselves in my life. Addictions, moving the same way a stronghold that gets into a life. And here's another behind-the-curtain kind of a thing. This may be a news flash to some of you. But yes, believers can be addicted. They can be addicted to a multitude of things, whether it be alcohol, drugs, sex, pornography. How can they be a Christian and do that? Why? Because they've let strongholds get into their lives. And those strongholds, Paul says, no, we need to, and we're going to look at it in a moment, take every thought captive. We need to pull down these strongholds. Why? Because he knew that within the lives of believers, when those strongholds are there, we become ineffective for the kingdom of God. And the enemy is greatly rejoicing when he gets a hold of one of the king's kids and makes him ineffective within the world. Lives non-submissive to authority. Lives non-submissive to authority. I believe that that, again, is a stronghold that is in our life, that, again, can, can, it, it puffs us up. It's part of our pride. It's our lack of humility. It's our lack of submitting, actually, to the Word of God when the Word of God says, no, submit yourselves to every authority that you're placed under. Part of the manifestation of, in the flesh of these strongholds 
is that every high thing that it exalts itself will come against the knowledge of God. That's not out in the world, gang. That's in the church. That's within you and I as believers. Exalting itself against the knowledge of God. I know God in my life, and yet now my pride has busted above that. I know God in my life. I'm, I, I know Christ in my life, but yet my addictions have a hold on me. I know Christ in my life, but I'm not going to submit to that guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to humble myself before this one. You see, yeah, even within the church, those things take place. Why? Because we allow strongholds into our lives and we're not walking humbly before the Lord or before our brothers and sisters. Paul knew that these strongholds could not ever be destroyed by the weapons of the flesh. There's no amount of training. There's no amount of of education. There's no amount of moral instruction that are truly going to change the hearts and lives of men. Gang, it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of individuals, and yes, even within the life of the church. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. More education, more training, more instruction, we just become smarter sinners. That's all there is. And, and there's no more victory in my life. Why? Because again, this is a spiritual battle. It's not a flesh and blood battle. Paul understood that much of that battle is processed in the minds or in the thoughts of the individual. Now, we, we'll, we'll talk intermixed probably even yet tonight about this attitude of the heart the attitude of the mind. You know yourself, it's, it's the same thing in essence. We're speaking about the same thing. The attitude of the heart or the attitude of the mind. It's that that pushes you, that that drives you, that becomes for you, that that lays out your future, your plans, your hopes, your promises, your mind, your heart. We'll put those together as we speak through this tonight. Paul understood that battle that goes on, it's all processed within the mind within the heart, the thoughts of the individual. If we allow our thoughts to run rampant with the ideals and the concepts of this world, we cannot and we will not be spirit-led. The thought process of our lives needs to be an absolute, complete obedience to Christ, taking every thought captive, Every thought captive. And in the same way that he's saying, man, we need to pull down those strongholds, he is also saying you need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's a battle, gang. Thought process of our lives needs to be in that complete obedience to Christ, complete obedience to his word, complete obedience to his kingdom's purpose, and it is a battle that rages within each one of us. Every one of us here. This is very similar. A portion of this I shared with the men on Saturday morning. I I think it was just last week. Uh, Time flies when you're having fun. But the very fact is the battle is raging. The unfortunate thing is There are a lot of believers that are right in the midst of the battle, but they don't know the battle is raging. They're ignorant of the fact that they're in a battle. But the truth is, is 
Every one of us are. I'm going to do to you what I did to the guys. Look around you. Look to the person to your left, to your right, before you, behind you. Just look at them. Look at them in the eye. Take the moment. I won't do it, go anywhere until every one of you do something. Look at the person, somebody, look at them right in the eye, okay? You need to understand that person you just looked at is in a spiritual battle. They are in a spiritual battle. The other thing I want you to understand is some of those that you looked at, they're not doing real good in that battle. The enemy is gaining ground. The enemy has maybe more than one stronghold. Maybe he's got a few hills that need to be taken. And the problem is, is those ones that you and I, we've looked at, maybe they're getting weaker and weaker because of the attack of the enemy. And they need somebody to come alongside them to encourage them in the battle. They need somebody to come along and come beside them to strengthen those weary arms and, and firm up those feeble knees. Because, beloved, we are in a spiritual battle and it is wreaking havoc on the body of Christ. Let's set the world aside just for a moment and let's just bring it into these four walls and understand that the body of Christ right now, I believe, is going through a battle for its very life. I won't say existence. I believe the church will be here until the Lord takes her. But definitely for our strength and definitely for our ability to be able to impact the world that's around us. And that is one life at a time, one family at a time that that battle is happening. We need to take actively, actively take every thought and imagination captive. And you know what? That's a responsibility of yours and of mine. I can't say, Lord, <laughs> Take that all away from me. You know, just don't let me think of that anymore. No. He says, you need to take that captive. You need to submit. You need to commit that to the Lord. Whatever that thought might be, we need to purposefully refocus our thoughts and our imaginations toward God and toward the things of God. I can't say that, oh man, you know, I'm just always, I, I just always get angry. I just always, get, that's a safe one, okay? We'll just use anger. I don't have to throw all my sin before you. Paul says, no, you need to take that captive. You need to refocus that. You need to lay that before the Lord. Lord, I am angry. And I'm not focused on you enough. Help me to get focused on you so that I can take that anger submit it to you, not expecting you to wave a magic wand over me and get rid of that. But Lord, that thing has become a stronghold in my life. We cannot surrender, gang. We cannot surrender. We cannot surrender. We cannot allow the world to have control of our lives. And there are far too many believers that are allowing that to happen. We've got to be determined. We've got to be aggressive. We have to be willing to take these thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ rather than just let them 
roll and ramble around and suddenly we're nowhere near the things of God in our mind and in our hearts. For some of you, that might mean, hey, let me turn the radio on for a while. Let let my mind and my heart get refreshed by the Word of God or by psalms and praises sung to God. I, I need to get onto a station that's either preaching the Word or that there's music that, again, just allows my mind to be focused. For some of you, it means shutting the radio off and just getting quiet before the Lord and allowing the Lord just to minister to you, shutting the rest of the world off. So again, you might be able to hear that still small voice of the Lord so that you know that when that thought comes, you can take that and say, no, Lord, that's yours. I'm going to submit that to you. I'm giving that to you. I'm going to take that thing captive and I'm putting it under your control, Lord. Help me to focus on you. Don't let me fall victim to the enemy one more time taking thoughts captive. But in seeking that new direction, we've also got to remain focused as a defense against the attacks of the enemy. We've got to stay focused. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed within our lives. It will not defeat the enemy of our lives. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed. Christians cannot run on neutral. You realize that, don't you? We cannot run on neutral. We will back up every time. It is an uphill run until the Lord calls us home. And as soon as we stop purposefully pursuing the things of God in our lives, we slide backwards. You need to know the enemy is open 24-7, you know, 365 days a week. He is there. He's ready to serve you at any, well, you think he's, you know, no, he's ready to take a hold of you at any moment, at any time. We've got to be aware. We've got to be focused. We've got to be fully and consistently redirecting our minds and our attitudes to those things that bring glory to God and victory in our own lives. Turn the radio on, listen to preaching, get your word out, open it up, begin reading it. Man, begin just quoting verses that you might know. You need to find a friend that you can speak to of the things of God, someone that can be an encouragement to you, not someone that when you get together, well, isn't this terrible? Yeah, that's terrible. Man, how about that? That's miserable. That's, that's, man, pretty soon in about an hour, neither one of you are worth anything, okay? Because you bring each other down. Maybe you need to be the one that says, yeah, but you know, in the midst of that, I've seen God do a great work. You know, in the midst of that, it amazes me how God can take these things and turn that around. Maybe you need to be the one to change that direction, taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. The importance of our minds being set on things above, focused in the right direction. It's amazing. Stop for a moment. If you, for, for those of you who have been believers for uh, a good season, or at least you've been in your word for uh, a good time, and you're in the word, and you're studying a word, just think about how many times we see in both the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament these admonitions from the word of God to redirect our minds and to keep our minds set.
thank you for listening to today's message from The Open Word. We hope that the words Pastor David has shared from the book of 2 Corinthians have touched your life and that you're eager to dive into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We'd like to invite you to join us next time on The Open Word, but you don't have to wait to hear more messages from the Word of God. With details on how you can listen online, here's Pastor David. Hey, thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, or shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take The Open Word with you as you go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching for The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound, Bible-based teachings with you anytime, anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at TheOpenWord.com, be sure to click on About for more information about the ministry of The Open Word and more about Pastor David. There's also a link to Pastor David's blog, another great resource that looks deeper into what the Bible is teaching us. That website again is TheOpenWord.com. That's all the time we have for here today on The Open Word. Join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of 2 Corinthians. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you have a blessed day.